Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. Hart Williams. It is entitled, Aspects of the Heart. Hart. The heart, we all know, is an organ inside of our chest, and it, it beats hard sometimes, it beats softly sometimes, it beats fast, it beats slow. But we all very well know uh, the physical aspects of the heart, but today we're going to talk about the spiritual aspects of the heart. It's very critical in our relationship with God. He works through it. He works with it. He works counterintuitive to it. Um, and so we're going to look at the various aspects of that. And it's an interesting happening between Romans 9.1 and Romans 11.26. Paul continuously is grieving over the state of Israel. And in Romans 9, 1 through 4, he says, I state the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart for I could wish my, that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. And he goes on and continues in verse 27, which I didn't give to Brian. Israel shall be, sa shall be as the sand of the sea but only a remnant will be saved. And he continues in Romans 10.1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Notice he says, my heart's desire and prayer to God. Because we're going to find in Romans 11, there's a change. In Romans 11.26, Paul writes, And so all Israel shall be saved. What happened? He's saying he's wishing they would be saved and now he's dogmatically declaring they all will be saved. Perhaps his prayer was answered between Romans 10 and Romans 11.26. And how that's going to happen is explained to us in Ezekiel 36.24-27. through 27. For I will take you from among... And this is talking about a future event that, hap that will happen... For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. A changing of the heart is what facilitates Israel to be saved. I want to go with an overview of the heart. I'll probably end up putting this into two messages. I haven't figured out exactly where to end. I've got more information than I can possibly cover in 30 minutes, so we'll see how this goes. I want to start with an overview of the heart. And then I want to look at the interaction of the heart with emotions, the heart with will, and the heart with intelligence. And then I want to look at God's influences upon the heart. 
In the overview of the heart, we find that the heart is the center of the human being, and it is both spiritually and physically. Without our heart, we are dead. We do not exist. But it's also the center of all life's activities, for it says in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. People give their heart sometimes to other people, especially in love relationships. And sometimes they end up following other people down the wrong paths. It's really a significant point that he makes in Proverbs 4.23. For out of the heart are the issues of life. It can't be better stated than that. Every aspect of your life somehow comes back to some input from your heart. In Luke 6.45, he says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. It says, and if you're in a court of law and you listen to some of these people and they get themselves all tied up in in knots because they're trying to lie and invent their own story and change it around to make themselves look innocent. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. By how they speak, you can make a judgment on their character. But the heart is combined with other human elements. The soul, for one of them, it says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. There is an integration between your soul and your heart and it goes to the very core and crux of who and what you are. And we're going to find it integrates in with the spirit. God controls it. God can direct it. God can modify it. And not only in individuals, but in groups. The body, Psalm 16, verses 8 and 9. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. A glad heart. And it affects your body, the glory and your hope and your rest. You don't sleep well at night if you're distressed, anxious. The heart is at the center of it. The mind, in Matthew 22, 36 and 7. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? It's almost a repeat of Deuteronomy 6, but it's stated a little bit differently. Jesus says unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. So the integration, heart, soul, and now he goes to the mind, your thought, your reasoning. And in Psalm 51.10, David speaks to the issue also, recognizing that he can't make his heart clean. He needs God to clean his heart. He says in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, 
and renew a right spirit within me. So the heart is integrated in with the spirit. And the flesh. Psalm 73.26 My flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He differentiates between the strength of his heart that will come from God versus his fleshly heart where he says, my flesh and my heart fails. Differentiating there. Have you ever realized that you think with your heart? And we think with our brain? Not always. Sometimes our heart tells us what to do and even reasons for us without thinking. If you've ever been impulsive, maybe it's your heart governing you and not your brain. Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. The heart is a point of testing and trial which God will do to find out where we are, who we are, what we are. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. The integration of heart and thoughts. And if there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. And the last part on the overview is Understanding. Proverbs 3 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. He's telling us here that there's a dichotomy between your understanding and trusting with, in God with your heart. You, in other words, it may look on the path of life that you should go to the right. But if you rely and trust on God, maybe the correct path is going to the left. Because we don't always know what he's working out. There are examples in the scriptures of that. Maybe some of us have recognized some of those things happening in our lives. Or we, we think at the moment all is lost. That, the thing that comes to my mind right away is just because when we, when we sold our house a number of years back, how oh, we couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it, take it off the list, we get a new real estate agent who's a Christian, believes, and within 30 days it's sold. It's like that. Because God works through other people to bring about the solution for other people, not only us. We wanted to sell our house, but there's somebody out there looking to buy a house too. He works both sides of the equation. So we wait patiently for him and rely on him. Sometimes it's hard to discern. Do I lean on my own understanding? Or do I trust in the Lord? Or are they integrated at one and I'm going down the right path? Sometimes that can be a very complex equation to come to understand. Next, I would like to move on to the heart and emotions. The heart and our emotions. Acts 2.26 A rejoicing heart and a glad tongue 
the integration between, again, what we speak and where our heart is. Acts 2.26, Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Rejoicing in, in God, singing joyful songs, giving thanks, all part of the heart. Of course, our heart can get very excited with decisions in traumatic situations, not only joy and happiness. And we get some indication of that in Luke 24, 31 through 33. Luke 24, 31 through 33. And their eyes were open, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. These were two disciples walking away from Jerusalem, and Jesus appeared to them. And they didn't know him. They didn't recognize him at first. Continuing in verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And what did they do then? They changed their direction because of what happened in their heart. And what happened in their heart were because of the words that were spoken, that Jesus spoke to them. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. But Jesus spoke to them. They recognized him. Their heart burned within them. They had to go back. Have you ever been driven by your heart? You have such a goal, such a such a desire that you have to do this thing. It's in your heart. Sometimes we get obsessed. <laughs> I'm good at that. You, know, you get obsessed maybe for wrong things too. Something that's maybe not so good for you. But you think it's good for you. Courage. Your heart and courage. Psalm 27, 14. Psalm 27, verses 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Boy, sometimes that's hard to do. We want to get in there and I'm going to have my way. I'm going to make this thing happen. Allow him to work it out. And it will come out the way he wants it to be. He, whoever you're working with on the other end of the spectrum in terms of people or events or situations, he is in charge. He can change the hearts. He can change their will. He can change their direction too, just like he can change yours. Second Thessalonians 2.17 Encouragement. Encouragement for your heart. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, word and work. And then Rest. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am weak and lowly in heart, and you shall find once again rest for your souls. Rest for your souls through the heart, through trusting in God, through believing in God, waiting on God. A burdened heart. Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. 
that we can see how all these emotions, we're going to hit discouragement next, how all these emotions, whether it's arrest or whether it's frustration, excitement, and direction, can come from the heart. We go to discouragement in Joshua 2, 10 and 11. We're going to see here that the heart of a group of people can be changed by him. It's not just one person. It doesn't even have to be a believer. Joshua 2, 10 and 11. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did upon the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, Thelon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart melt, did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man. The hearts of all of them melted. Because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and in earth beneath. next emotional aspect is anxiety, being anxious. The foolish man perverts his way and his heart frets against the Lord. We don't intentionally pervert our ways. We try to strive to please God. If we go off the deep end or off the path, he will bring us back as long as we're trusting in him. And he can take care of the anxieties that we might have because of the man who perverts the way, perhaps the path that we're on. The next action of uh, uh, interaction of the heart is with will. No, not the first name of somebody, not Will Rogers. Will being motivation, desire, devotion. First Chronicles twenty two nineteen. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord. That's interesting. Again, the integration of heart and soul together. Seek the Lord your God. Arise therefore and build you the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the Ark of the Covenant to the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built to the name of the Lord. And we see this in David in Second Chronicles 6, verse 7. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel in the heart of David. And in changing the heart, Deuteronomy 5.29, Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. We don't all have a pure heart. 
and we may think we do, but then all of a sudden some situation comes out and something comes crawling out of our heart and say, why did I do that? Or how was that still there? We might kind of be disappointed in ourselves for, say, the carnality that might still reside within our bodies, our minds, our hearts that we're not aware of. And Proverbs 20, verse 9 kind of speaks to that because in there it says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean and I am pure from my sin? If there's ever a statement to be made that will send you right off a long walk on a short pier, that's it. I have made my heart clean. I am made myself pure from my sin. No, can't happen. Again, Psalm 51, David Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, changing the heart through the spirit, through the power of God, through believing and trusting in him, and actively interfacing with him and applying it dynamically in your life. My life, when I say you, I don't mean you, I'm including myself. And he can win over those that oppose you. And he can win over every person in the nation if he wants to. It's up to him. Second Samuel 19, verses 13 and 14. And say you to Amasa, Are you not of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me and more also if you be not the captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they sent his, this word to the king, return you and all your servants. Again, an example of all the hearts being changed, not just one person or one man, all the hearts of the men of Judah were changed as if he were one man. Powerful, powerful changes can be made by God through the human heart. Motives of the heart. Ever think that you've been motivated by the heart? Well, if you've been a guy and you've ever been in love with a girl, you can certainly say you've been motivated at some point in your heart, I'm sure. Or if you're a girl and you're in love with some guy, I'm sure you can say you have been motivated by your heart. <clears throat> First Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. Yes, the counsels of the heart, of the evil, of the good, separating the sheep and the goats, make manifest the counsels of the heart. And he can do that in our lives today, in the situations that we are in. And in doing so, show us the path that we should take. The next aspect of the integration of heart with aspects of 
human beings is intelligence. The heart and intelligence. I alluded earlier about, you ever realize you think from your heart? Deuteronomy 8.5 Thou shalt also consider in your heart. You ever consider something you're not sure you have? The earlier example, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever, you know, you made a decision, not mentally necessarily up here, but wow, what do you think Adam thought when you first saw Eve? You know, <laughs> wow, I've never seen anyone like that before. Know in the heart. Thou shalt also consider in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Consider it in your heart. It's a form of meditation, form of thinking, form of reviewing what you've done in your life, the events that have transpired recently or perhaps years ago. Sometimes those things have a carryover effect and can hang around for years without us even being aware of it. Proverbs 4, verses 20 and 21. Keep in heart, keeping in your heart. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. As I read once before, hide them in your heart for safekeeping. And in Psalm 4, 4, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. And Luke 2.19 goes along the same, same consideration here about pondering, meditating. But Mary kept all things and pondered them in her heart. In Psalm 19.14 he says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh, my Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And in Romans 10.9, Paul writing, If thou confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in your heart, the very, the very central part of your very being, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And Proverbs 2.10-11, When wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul, discretion shall preserve you and understanding shall keep you. Again, your heart, integration, heart, wisdom, knowledge, discretion, actions, decision-making, understanding, all together. And it all comes into your relationship with God. God's relationship to our heart. He knows our heart, 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or in the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks upon the heart. This is a scripture regarding the selection of David to be the king over Israel. And God tries the hearts in our reigns. Psalm 7, 9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous, God tries the hearts and reigns. Why does he try the hearts and reigns? He wants to know who you are and what you are. 
He wants to know your decision making. He wants to know how you've integrated your understanding and your emotions and your decision making into the crux of your very being. He directs it, Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. I could make a political statement here, but I won't. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As a river of water, he turns it wheresoever he will. The politics of the world today is under his control. And he's going to let it go the way he wants it to go for his glory and his magnification and to let man know they don't have the answers and solutions. And as far as evangelism goes, he gives the, the gift of evangelism to men and he opens man's hearts to hear the truth. Acts 16.14 And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple in the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Her heart was opened by the Lord. The second part of that, which I'm not going to go into, is that we have to respond. So are the parable. You hear the seed, you receive the seed, and then you have to respond to it and continue to respond to it. The light to shine in it. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The light to shine in our hearts. The sincerity, the truth, the motivation, the understanding. Hebrews 10, 22. Cleansing the heart. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And he writes law upon our hearts, Jeremiah 31, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And that's why all of Israel will be saved. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Certainly makes us question how hard the hearts of men are going to get before this all wraps up. Probably has some ways to go and we see it every day in our own nation and in our own society. But the Lord can strengthen it. 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 and 13 and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints, he will help establish your heart right here and now as not only... Israel and the inward parts of them at a, at a future time, event. But right now, he works with you and in your heart to do all the things that we've talked about. The integration of your devotion, your direction, the path that you take, your character values, 
decision making. Cleaning your life up. Cleaning your heart. Directing it. All the things that we went through come together to an end. And that is being in the kingdom of God. And coming to rule over a city or helping to rule over nations. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, 3 through 5, we'll conclude with, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Heart is a key element in our Christian development. It's a key element in our relationship with God the Father and Jesus Christ. There's a lot of prayer material here in terms of helping us to develop in our relationship with Christ and helping us to change into the creature that he would have us be. It's It's a very daunting task when we sit down and, and look at our own hearts and, and then to think, how much can I change with the help of God, focusing on my heart, focusing on his power and his will? How much of a better Christian can I become? How much of a greater blessing can I be to him? How much greater can I do to serve him and the people that I come in contact with. I think that's all I have to say.